Today's show is brought to you by the University of Windsor's Alumni Association. Show us how you are Windsor proud by visiting the Alumni Association's Instagram and Twitter pages. Share your U Windsor memory or post a photo from your time on campus. For more information, visit uwindsor.ca forward slash alumni. Hi, Deanna. How are you? Hey, good. Thanks, Kelly. What have you been up to this morning? Well, I've had uh, my usual cup of coffee, spoke to a few coaches, so working on some recruitment um, and just clearing up some email communication. Sounds like my morning. I feel like my morning starts off with just so many emails that I look at the clock and all of a sudden it's noon and I'm like, okay, where did the time go? <laughs> they definitely seem to have increased in this in online world. So I'm extremely excited to have you on today because I know you and I, we've we kind of had a couple of conversations over the last year and a half, but since COVID happened, um, we haven't really had a chance to sit down and get to know each other. And I know you're newer to Windsor Lancers as well, and you have a lot of accomplishments over your career. So I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, somebody who's new, still what I feel is new to the department and the city and even the OUA in general. I think it's, it's for me, it's a great opportunity to allow people to get to know me a little bit better and share a little bit about our story and the direction that we're going. Yeah. So I guess we can start off by talking about your own personal athletic achievements. So you played hockey at the intercollegiate level and you've actually won a youth sports national championship, two Canadian West titles with the University of Alberta. So during your time at the University of Alberta, <clears throat> you also earned a physical education and bachelor of education degree. And then you went back and you also did a master's in arts and you specialized in coaching. So Having all that experience and also like going through that much education as well, um, was coaching always the plan and kind of the end goal or was that something that you realized and you wanted to do later on in life? I think teaching was always a part of that. And then if I could combine that with the sport, it made sense. So to me, coaching was something that entered my life early on. Uh, I was probably, I want to say 12 years old when I started coaching and fell in love with it and fell in love with just the sport physical aspect of it, the teaching aspect of it. So originally I, I, I think I always thought, Hey, I was going to be a phys ed teacher and that's how I would get into coaching. Um, didn't quite happen that way. I was lucky enough that when I graduated from the university of Alberta with my undergrad, I, the, at Nate, they were hiring their first full-time coaches. I didn't put my name in initially. Uh, actually a bit of a story there is that my, uh, I was running a hockey school. I owned and operated a hockey school and the, my partner in that actually put my resume in for me because we had talked about it and I was like, you know what? I'm not qualified. I just graduated. I'm only 23 years old. I don't think I'm ready to, to coach a university team or a college team. And uh, I didn't get my name wasn't pulled in the first round of interviews. So really, I didn't actually even know anything about it. I was uh, teaching at the time and I got this phone call for an interview and I was like, that seems odd. I didn't even apply for this job. Turns out I did apply. Somebody applied for me. Um, and so I ended up in an interview and I ended up with the job and got started and kind of the rest is history now. But I think it's just goes to show how important the people around you are and, and how sometimes as females, we don't always believe in ourselves or we discount ourselves and we probably shouldn't. We need to do a better job of being confident in what we can do and what we're capable of. And sometimes just putting ourselves out there. 
So, and it, I really only heard about that whole piece of being in the second round of interviews after I got the job and I got settled and sat down with the athletic director at one point and she's like, you know, you didn't even, your name wasn't even pulled in the first set of interviews, mostly because my resume was somewhat limited and likely just showing that I'd just come out of university myself, but um, ended up being there for 10 years, built a great relationship with the, with the athletic director and had a lot of success there. So again, I think it just goes to show that sometimes we got to put ourselves out there. Yeah. And I, I love what you said there about how important it is to kind of have, surround yourself with people who also believe in you, because it is so important that sometimes you don't see your own abilities or your own potential and you kind of just need a little bit of a push. So you're definitely very lucky that you had somebody there who kind of recognized that and took the leap for you. <laughs> well, that, and I think that's just what a team is too. And I've been able to take that into the team and say, Hey, you know what? You know, we got to believe in each other and we, we got to believe in what we're capable of as a group, but what each of us is capable of as well. So we spend quite a bit of time in, in conversation about what can, what value does your teammate bring and what value do you bring and really trying to, I call it your confidence muscle, like no difference than we go to the gym to train every day or we go to the rink every day to train. We need to do something to train our confidence at the same time. So it's something that we have to train and build and continue to work at in order to have. So I think your teammates obviously become a big part of that. Yeah. And kind of building off that. So obviously you had um, quite a bit of time that you had, you were a player yourself um, in hockey. So over that time as a player, is there anything that kind of really helped you um, develop as a coach yourself or things that you learned as a player that now you kind of use to be a better coach? I think I was really fortunate in my athletic experiences when I was younger. I had the opportunity to try a lot of different things. I had the opportunity to play almost everything. Um, being from a really small town, obviously at the school level, there wasn't a ton of competition. So I got the chance to try everything and, and be good at it or improve at it or whatever it might've been. So really fortunate that way. And then in terms of hockey, I, again, I think I got lucky in some ways. I, I often played on a successful or a winning team. Um, my midget team won Western, the Western Shield Championships. And then when I went on to Grant McEwen, we were typically a very successful team, unfortunately not in the uh, playoff series both years. And then uh, going to U of A, obviously, again, successful even at that national level. So I think I just learned about roles on a team, what it takes to win, the sacrifices that are made, the the collective group that makes that happen. I was never on a winning team that it was one person that made it happen. I was always a part of a team where it really was the team that created the success. And I I think from that, I just took that, you know what, you got to, you can't have one you can't base your team around one player. You can't be a successful program or successful team with just relying on a few. You got to have it from top to bottom and everybody's got to have an opportunity to contribute in a way that they can contribute. And everybody on that team really does matter. No, for sure. I definitely agree. And you kind of see that in any type of sports, whether it's professional or um, it's kind of junior level, but if you don't really have everybody buying in to what the team represents and you it doesn't really help if you just have one good player because you need to have that kind of team cohesion to really find success on a team I feel yeah I think one good player helps you win games for sure 
um, or maybe even a couple of good players or a good line. Sometimes you, in hockey, it's like, hey, they have that one line. And I do think that that can help you win games, but I don't think that helps you win championships and definitely not sustain any sort of success either. Right. Yeah. It's like a different uh, definition of success. Like you might have success in terms of winning a game, but you might not have a success in terms of how your team kind of like um, meshes together and your success in terms of the relationships that your teammates and the players kind of all build together. Yeah, you nailed it for sure. I would echo that 100%. So during your time uh, coaching at um, Nate, you experienced a lot of success with your team guiding Nate to three consecutive ACAC championships. And you also had three players named to as ACAC players of the year, rookies of the year and single season um, scorers, leading scorers. So can you kind of reflect on what it was like as a coach for you to kind of experience um, that much success early on in your coaching career? It was a, it was a, it was a, a challenge. It was hard work. Um, it definitely didn't come right away. It was a process. I think there's a lot of parallels I take from that and, and apply at the University of Windsor with the Lancers. Um, like I said, I was the first full-time head coach hired at Nate, uh, first full-time head coach hired at U Windsor. So there's some parallels there in terms of like previous program success. Um, the, the Nate team had never been to that championship or that final. Um, never really had a lot of success in the postseason and never finished a season even in first uh, regular season. So similarities in terms of past success, I think the Lancers have had great seasons, don't get me wrong, um, but in terms of sustained success or getting to that next level of being in the, the finals or making it to nationals, I think there's a, obviously that that room for us to write history again. And so I see a lot of parallels between the two um, my time at Nate obviously was spent in building people and building that program and the results were just the, the result of that. I don't know how else to put that in that it wasn't about winning championships. It, it never, I don't think it ever is. I think it's about what's the process and how do you get there and the results come from the things you do everywhere else. Mm -hmm. So what kind of pushed you to, um, once you had all that success and you kind of, did you kind of feel like you had accomplished what your goal was and that was the reason why you kind of decided to move over to Windsor Lancers and have a new experience? So I felt that I was probably always going to stay in Edmonton and never really saw myself leaving, but the Windsor piece really kind of came out of the blue um, and it happened quickly. I visited for, for my interview and really couldn't say no at that point. I fell in love with it. It felt right. It had a lot of like I said, parallels to what I'd been doing. I felt like it had tons of potential and it was a challenge and, and I felt ready to take on a challenge and, and do it again, so to speak, or do it differently or do it better uh, and do it almost at the, as some would say, the next level. So it felt like the next, it felt like the right choice for me. And uh, here I am. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you. <laughs> and I was just hoping you can kind of touch on, um, something when you move teams in any kind of level of sport um there's obviously some changes that you have to make to your approach to coaching and almost even your mindset because you're coming onto a new team you're coming into for you um a completely new league in the OUA so what are kind of some of the things that you had to either change for your mindset or your coaching approaches when you switched over to Winter Lancers 
I think in coming to the Lancers, it wasn't so much about adjusting or, or changing. It was about growing and learning and getting better. I came in with a pretty clear picture and, and I think a pretty defined plan. And really, I give kudos to the department and, and the interview process in that. And really, I had to present on, hey, present a five-year plan of building a championship program at the university. So right. in order, to, in prepping for that interview and prepping for that experience, I came up with that plan and it grew over time and it's obviously adapted as we've gone, but it really did give me a very clear picture and mindset of here's what we want to do and here's how we're going to do it. And I think mm -hmm. we're on track with that. So biggest change probably has just been to be in a place where of unfamiliarity. That's probably been the biggest change of just having to get out there a little bit more and, and rebuild my own network and reputation. Having grown up in, Al in Alberta and Edmonton and then gone to school there and owned a hockey school there and played there and coached there, I had a very strong network. Um, I mm -hmm. always had somebody I could call when it came to pretty much anything. Whereas here right. I had to rebuild a lot of that. So that's probably been the biggest learning curve or the biggest change of just how do I rebuild that network and kind of start over. Yeah. And that's kind of a nice segue into discussing program development as a whole and as a topic. So obviously program development is essential, as you said, in any team or organization's success. And it's something that you, you almost need to prepare for and kind of make a game plan before you can even think about recruiting athletes. So you have to determine the values and your um, vision for the team and also for what you're going to be looking for in your athletes. So can you kind of just discuss um, maybe how you developed your five-year plan and what was the mission that you kind of um, came to develop for your team? So it started really basic. It was build a championship program at U Windsor. Sounds great. <laughs> sounds easy, I guess some might say, but yeah. it really came down to first for me, it was what is a championship program? What does that even mean? Does that just mean winning a U Sports National Championship or does that mean something totally different? So defining success became the, the root of it. And so that definition of success has become kind of centered around four things. One, obviously winning a U Sports National Championship, but doing that in the right way that those results can be sustainable. So not building a team or building a program to win win as a one-off and then fall off the map. We've seen a number of U sports programs that achieve that. And I still think that's a, a great achievement. Um, and I think that would be awesome to be able to experience that. But at the same time, how do you do it and sustain that? And that's like, I don't know that I have that answer, um, but I want to find it. I've been yeah. a part of, I was lucky enough to be a part of a program like U of A who has won the most national championships in women's hockey in the country. So how do they do it? How do they do it over and over? And to me, that's that's really a big part of success is not just doing it once, but being able to repeat that. Beyond that, it's about our players ex or student athletes experience. And I think they need to have a, a unique and unforgettable experience and something that they learn to be champions in. And champions isn't just winning. It's how do you present yourself? How do you treat people? How do you what do you what are your habits? Are you are you striving for more? Do you have habits of excellence? So it's really about building that champion experience for the student athletes. It's about their success as graduates. 
So our graduate success and what our graduates go on to do is part of what I think is building a championship program. It's not just school and hockey, but when they graduate from that, what are they doing with those skills? What are they doing with that experience? And are they successful in whatever they choose to go on to do? And then lastly, it's community support and being involved that way. I think we we are leaders in our sport. We're leaders in what we do. And we need to provide that guidance and that resource to the next generation and the next level. So being involved in the community and giving back, I think, is also part of our success. Yeah, and I think like everything that you touched on kind of goes back into developing sustainability in a way. And I think like you're completely right when you say like sustainability, it's something that you can't just study and all of a sudden be like, oh, I'm going to do A, B, C, D and sustainability is going to happen over time. It's different for every team. It's different for every uh, kind of institution. Service Master Clean of Chatham, Windsor and Sarnia proudly supports the blue and gold. Service Master, ordinary task. Extraordinary service for over 25 years. So what are some of the ways that you kind of either look into sustainability? Like, do you study other successful, like historically successful teams? Um, do you look to coaches or do you kind of just go off of instinct and things that you feel are working on your team as you're coaching your athletes? It's probably all of the above, to be honest. And mm -hmm. I think really my quote of best and being better every single time really ties into that of, Okay, if if you're if you're your best today, what's tomorrow then? And there really is no end to being better if you follow that. And that's really to me all ties into that. How do we as a team become? Do we achieve sustainable results? Well, I think it's about never being satisfied. It's about I've I've heard this quote many a times and go back to it often. Of even on the right track, you get you get run over standing still. So you got to keep moving, you got to keep growing and building and changing and adapting. And I think being open to change and being open to new possibility is what allows you to continue to grow and move forward and not being afraid to fail. Um, not everything's yeah. going to work. Not everything's going to go as you planned, but doing it anyway and, and trying and seeing what you can take from that, I think really allows you as an individual and us as a team to hopefully be sustainable or, or create sustainable results moving forward. Yeah. And honestly, like you said it exactly how I think anybody would word it too. And you just can't get too comfortable. I feel like if you're experiencing success, you can never just sit back and be like, Oh, this is nice. You kind of always need to be looking for how you can improve what you can do better. And so what are some ways that you motivate the girls to kind of practice that best acronym every time they step in the dressing room before practice and every time they hop on the ice for games? So probably number one is just goal setting. We spend a lot of time on individual goals and team goals and what does success look for at, like for us long term and then how do we break that down into smaller bite-sized chunks so to speak and how do we mm -hmm. what are we accomplishing this month and then then it's what are we doing next and so we spend a lot of time talking about what are you doing today and and what is that transpiring into say in the next three four months and then that next three four months how does that transpire into the next year and and so on and so forth so a lot of conversations around goals uh, a lot of conversations around creating our own measures of success so i think there's so many more i've said this already of there's a lot more to being a championship program than a scoreboard and and winning there's so it's how do we create measures of that and how do we track it and continue to see growth in those other areas? Um, right. 
So it's really about, I think, goal setting, personal objectives, tracking results, monitoring how you're doing and picking your priorities, defining your success. Definitely. And I know we touched about this a little bit in um, the rapid fire questions that got released on Friday, but just curious, um, how, what do you look for in your athletes now? Once you've set up that mission statement, your goals, you know what you want to achieve with your team. What do you look for in the athletes when you're recruiting in order to kind of enhance the chances that there is going to be really strong team cohesion and that they're going to buy into that best acronym that you like to implement? I think obviously aligning with the values of the team uh, and looking for the right person and the right character and the right uh, work ethic is probably a big one in it. And I said that in, in the rapid questions too, of you got to be willing to work for it. And I don't, for me, probably one of the most frustrating things as a coach is a player who's satisfied or a player who feels that they're, at, they're, they're done They're This is as good as I'm going to be kind of thing. And, and even as people, that's probably one of the things I struggle with most is when people are, aren't open to change and aren't open to growth. And so it's, it's about athletes who, are not sad who are confident but not satisfied if that makes sense no definitely and so also on top of creating um or sorry developing uh your own mission statement and kind of values for your team and your players and ensuring that that they kind of follow along those it's also important for coaches to kind of set their own values and um, visions for themselves so can you maybe dive in a little bit on what your coaching philosophy is, like your own personal coaching philosophies that you like to try and stick to? I think to wrap your coaching philosophy up into like one statement or one sentence becomes maybe quite difficult. Um, mm -hmm. But really for me, it's about those pillars of success. So it's, are we creating better people and are we setting them up for success? And are we giving them the tools and the experience they need to be successful? Are we, is the experience worthwhile in, in the investment that everybody's making? Are they getting something out of that? And are they giving something to that? And are we giving back in the community? And are we a part of a bigger picture than just our own, for lack of words, our own bubble? We want to get outside yeah. our bubble. We want to be, we, I want it to be bigger than that. I want it to be more influential. I want it to impact as many people as possible. Um, and then obviously the, the competition piece of it and seeing the results on a scoreboard and seeing the results in a standing. So it's really, I think about how you can work with people and bring them together to achieve a common goal and objective and knowing what your success is and means to you as a group. Yeah. And that's a really good point actually to bring up and to touch on is the fact that kind of at the university level, I know I touched on this with uh, Lucas and his coach's close-up interview as well, but coaching at a university setting, you're not only coaching athletes, you're coaching student athletes. So it's really important to kind of not only develop the students as successful athletes for your case on the ice, but also in the community and um, in the classroom. So what are some of the ways that um, you encourage the girls to kind of get involved in the community and also to find success in all three pillars of um, their lives? I think it just it's set up in our hey here's what success is to us it's it's our results on the ice it's your results as graduates it's your community involvement and it's your experiences as, as athletes student athletes so with that we set goals as a team I'm going back to that whole goal setting piece we set goals as a team uh, and those often include 
academic results. Those often include community results and being this year, for example, we want to one of our goals is to be leaders in the community. And now it's about defining how we're going to do that. So whether that's through something like Black History Month, whether that's through um, something with a humane society, however we choose to do that, um, or it might be our Lancer development bubble that we have running right now online with some community players. So being leaders in the community is really important to us and, and we have a team goal. We have action items. We have that set up to make sure that we're doing it. Um, and then academically, we want to have at least 11 academic All-Canadians again this season. I think last year we had that same amount. So it's again, sustaining those results. Um, really, we do it, I think, through our, our team goals and our team action items to achieve those goals. Yeah, and I think it's really important, like what you just touched on as well, is the fact that you're encouraging the girls to kind of get involved in um, certain camps that you guys are holding. I know you just um, touched on the uh, development bubble camp that you guys have. Um, so and I also know that you guys are planning and have done in the past um, some camps on the ice as well when before COVID. So can you touch on a little bit of how we can get involved with those and um, when we can get back to being on the ice and how we can get involved in your bubble development camp as well? I think it's really just a matter of kind of getting the interest and getting the word out there and, and getting people involved. I think that's really a big part of female hockey in general. It's a very young sport still, and it's really about how can we expose young females or females in general to the game. You see, I see moms joining the game at 20, 30 years old or 40 years old that have never played. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to give it a try. My daughter plays or whatever. So I think it's really about just exposing people to the game and giving them opportunities to try it and falling in love with it and seeing just all the great things that come out of it, whether it's friendships, relationships, um, experiences, physical activity, all the things that I think come out of the sport. So we're really hoping to have a spring camp uh, if it's possible and then move into our training camp. But at the same time, we'll likely continue to host our annual Skate with the Lancer Day uh, and trying to get more and more young players from the community out and involved uh, in what we're doing as well. Yeah, and so obviously what you just said about kind of women's sport being a younger kind of sport, um, it's growing exponentially over the last couple of years, um, given the fact of the creation of the NWHL League, but also um, Hockey Canada has been are implementing a lot of new initiatives and programming such as SO Fun Days for Girls and also having um, Girls Hockey Weekend. So what are some things that you maybe think that we can do in the Windsor community or even here in Ontario uh, to promote um, the participation and kind of awareness of women's hockey? I think it's getting on board with those programs. So I know our, our local Southwest Wildcats, our junior team here in town helps with the uh, first shift program. So outfitting young players with the equipment and getting them involved and started in the game. So I think the more we can see some of those programs, I think it's Canadian Tire that puts that on with Hockey Canada. Yeah. And, and it outfits the players and gives them so many weeks of uh, training to get started. But I think just role models as well. I think our athletes have a, a role to play in being somebody that others can aspire to be. And you can't be somebody others aspire to be if you're not exposing yourself. So as much as we can, yeah, we want to be out in the community. We want to represent not just the Lancers, but women's hockey in general. And I think a, mm -hmm. a pretty cool story is that after our last year's annual skate with the Lancers, we had one girl that participated obviously had tons of fun on the day and got to meet all the girls 
And she ended up spotting a few of them at a Spitfires game. And so she obviously was like telling her parents like, hey, that's a couple of the Lancers. And the girls actually ended up like going over and, and having a conversation with her, invited her to sit with them for a period of the game. And she then ended up coming to our games. And we had a bit of a like a Lancer gift for her when she came and brought her friends to the game. So I think the more we can create those connections in the community and real connections like, hey, you know yeah. what? You met us at a camp. Now we saw you at a Spitfire game and now you're at our game. So those to me are the real connections that I think we can make and, and the real influences we can have on young young females lives. Yeah, I agree 100%. I couldn't have said it better myself. Like even I did my internship at the NHL last year. And I know that is one of their biggest things that they're trying to figure out is how they can make those real life connections, like not just, oh, we're gonna do kind of like a, we're gonna do a program where we have a couple of the NHL athletes, for example, showing off, oh, I'm part of Scotiabank, and I'm here to kind of participate in the Scotiabank hockey kids program. But having those athletes really meet those children and those youth so that way they can make those real-time connections because they do make a difference. I, that You have to make the connection. That's that's mm -hmm. the reality of it. It's no different than coaching. If I just came in and taught and gave X's and O's in black and white, really probably wouldn't be a great experience. So no different than us as coaches. We need to create that connection. I think it's the athletes creating a connection in the community and it doesn't have to be in sport. It can be in anything, anything that yeah. they are interested in or others that they connect with. But I think that connection piece is really what has a real impact in the future of young people. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the ways that uh, your team has kind of stayed getting involved in the community or I know you have the bubble, but is there anything else that you guys are doing to kind of um, promote engagement in the community and with hockey through COVID since you haven't been able to be with people in person? So I've had the opportunity to get online and speak to a number of teams, uh, share about whether it's my own experience in the game or my coaching or, or about the Lancer. So I've done a number of speaking engagements that way. Uh, the players have gotten more involved in their recruitment process, so they've spoke to a number of recruits and just shared their experience that way. We did start an Instagram account. I'm not a big social media person, but uh, I was convinced that we needed to get on there. So we did start our Instagram account, so sharing some things that way. And uh, I think we're looking now to get involved in the uh, Black History Month here in February and be actively yeah. engaged with that. So I think doing our part in what we can do and, and what we want to do and that's to have a, an impact in the community. Yeah, definitely. And I can uh, speak on behalf of being the person who's always on social media for Windsor Lancer is that your girls are definitely doing a great job at staying engaged with everything and always willing to be not just with me personally, but whenever we come to them from the marketing team and ask them for anything or to get involved in anything, I know they have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> They're a great group, and I think just the youth of the team is really probably a, a, you asked me, I think previously about my favorite part of the the team or and it's their youth. It's their eagerness. they they love what they're doing. They're excited about what they're doing. They want to do it, and it, it makes it super easy to work with them and makes it exciting every day to interact with them. Yeah, I definitely got uh, those vibes last year when we came into the dressing room on one of your practices and we got to do all those fun videos with them. 
they were all so willing to be involved. I'm like, I don't even know if we have enough time or footage to cover all the things that you guys want to do, but that was so much fun. <laughs> they are a fun group and, and they, I think they're in it. it, it to me, that's, the, when I think of the University of Windsor, it's just how connected everybody is. The faculty, a lot of people come to Windsor to work at the university or be involved in the university. So the reason they're in Windsor is the university so that becomes kind of their foundation and so the investment yeah. that people have and the excitement people have about it i think is easily created because it's the reason they're in windsor the reason they came to windsor and or they grew up here and they were born and raised here they watched games as a kid like yourself and so mm -hmm. they have that connection to it right away right no definitely and the university is such an integral part of windsor and i think what you touched on there about Windsor just being very connected. It's not even just like that at the university. It's like that throughout all of Windsor. I feel like it's just such a small town vibe, even though it's not so much of a small town. So we're very happy to have you a part of our community now. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing the success that you're going to bring and also your players are going to bring in the near future. I'm sure of it um, to our program. So. Yeah, me as well. Can't, I'm excited. I, I think I have to often remind myself to be patient. It is a process. Um, I think it's right in our, our vision statement of like doing the right things the right way as much as we can. So it is a process. Uh, we're right in the middle of it. And I think the, the results are, are coming. And it's just a matter of, like I said, sticking with it, being patient and continuing to do the right things the right way. Definitely. And I commend you for all of the efforts that you put in at the program. Obviously, we've noticed such a big difference since you've come in and uh, I, we love what you're doing with the program. And I love talking to you about all of the different things that you kind of hold value and prioritize as a coach as well. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time um, this morning to also record this podcast, but also to participate in the rapid fire questions. I'm really excited for everyone to see them and to get to know you a bit better. You bet. I appreciate it as well. Thanks, Kelly. No problem. I'll talk to you soon. Go Lancers. This program is once again sponsored by the University of Windsor Alumni Association. Be sure to visit them on the web at uwindsor.ca forward slash alumni to check out all the services and events offered to University of Windsor alumni.